Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Now look at the disciples, Act chapter 4, that they are now praying. Lord, hear us. They are threatening us. Lord, give us boldness. Peter was, Peter, Peter, he was sleeping. You remember Acts chapter 4? He's now praying that, oh Lord, look at how they are threatening us. You think it is new? The same people that are threatening you, they're threatening Jesus. Jesus had to handle that by prayer. The Bible says, as his habit was. When I saw that in my heart, I, I wept. May we all change and have a habit. Sometimes it's not one hour. Angie, it can just be 15 minutes. It can just be 10 minutes. It's the habit. Consistency. You see, when you go to work, you won't have time to pray. When you go to school, you won't have time to pray. So at dawn, between 12 and 1, it's not, it's not difficult. Between 12 and 1, find some time in there and pray. At least you have started your day with prayer. You have released some things into the day. If there are things that are supposed to do you, that's not English. Within that day, you have, the Bible just told me that prayer will what? Part them would avert them. This is Jesus. Okay. Have I encouraged you enough? Yes, sir. Now let me tell you. So this is supplication. We use it what? To look into matters. You want to travel. Look into the matter. You think people, Christians that get accident on the way. You think, you think God didn't see it? He saw it. And I told you one thing about angels. An angel can be here and your car gets an accident and they are still watching. Why? Because they didn't come for you. Angels work based on instructions. Go and ask Jesus. When Satan was, took him to the upper, they were there. They saw. That's what the Bible says, right? Matthew 4. They, they were watching. They were there. Satan will carry Jesus to the mountain. First one. Carry him to the uppermost part. Then to the pinnacle, he said, Jesus, the angels were there. Their instructions then was not to go. But when Jesus made the statement, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, you depart from me, you Satan. That, that's why the instruction changed. The Bible says, immediately the angels came to strengthen him. He said, then the devil liveth him. And behold, <laughs> and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. My question is, where were they? But the second time in Garden of Gethsemane, immediately Jesus was praying. They came early. 
to come and strengthen him. Because they knew what he was going through. They must help him. Sometimes in your prayer, once you begin the prayer, angels come to come and strengthen you in your prayer. Because you, you have no idea what you are praying against. So pray for angelic visitation and invasion. You are not. You are not. Okay. This is faith in prayer. You are feeling encouraged, right? Now, I said there are some prayers you don't beg God. You just take them because they are yours. They are yours because you are son of God. Okay? Okay. Now, I'll say this because I'm come to talk about prayers that you have to beg him before he answers you. And there are some that you don't beg him. He just answers you. In fact, you just claim. So, in 2 Peter 1.3, the Bible says that he has given us all things that pertain to life. Look at TPT. All things that pertain to life and godliness, he said he has given unto you. Okay? Look at it. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. So, by his divine power, God has given you. Now, listen to these things I'm telling you. It's very critical. Because we don't know the differences of prayer and the purposes of prayer, we mix everything up. And you think you are praying. Now, you are praying, oh, but the essence of your prayer is the result you get after prayer. It's not about whether you went to the bush or the mountain. See, you must learn to appropriate prayer. Sometimes you mix the two, or the three, or the four. It won't work. So the Bible says prayer, supplications, thanksgiving. You see? There are different kinds of prayer. So you must know when to use what. Now look at it. God has given you these things. He said everything we could ever need. Hey. Everything we could ever need. For what? Life. And godliness has already been deposited in us. A good man. Out of the good treasure. He bringeth forth. So you see, all the good things in life, you don't need to struggle about them. You have them already inside. The word told you. You just need to believe that everything that pertains to life. So you see, yours is different from the guy asking for food, for dress, and for clothes. He is asking the Lord for you. It has been given you. So you believe and unleash it. I'm going to show you how you release it. That, that is the Christian problem. You see, your prayer should be different from the prayer of the Old Testament. For you, whatever you are praying about today, every one of them, look at, he just said it, everything we could, we could ever, we could ever need, everything we could ever need for life, believe it, it has already been deposited in your spirit, it's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. I told you, everything you need in this life is already coming from here. When I'm praying, this year I'm praying, I say, Lord, thank you. All the nations of the world are open to me. You know what I'm just doing? I'm receiving all visas in my spirit. When today I decide to go to Tanzania, I don't struggle with documentation because by faith and according to the word of God, I already have that visa form. Are you listening? Because the Bible says that that is also part of the things I need for life. 
And the Bible said it has already been deposited in here. My job is to believe and unleash. Then he said, for all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited Kalio as to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. So this is what you must believe. So if I were you, you pick this scripture and you look at it every day. Oh, all things that pertain to life and godliness has been given unto me. It's in my spirit. All things, all things. All, now you are saying all things. Very soon you start saying, oh, my house is inside. Oh, my, you know, you, you, it will just come out of, you will start, you start saying the things that are already in your spirit. Do you know what you are just doing? You are now pushing it down into your heart. Once it enters there, believing starts. Then faith declarations. That's how it works. Okay? First Corinthians 3, 21 to 23. Let's look at another one that the Bible says are yours. This is you don't need to worry yourself begging God. We don't beg God for this. So everything you need for this life, don't beg God for it. Just claim it. Take them by faith and release them. How simple it can be, isn't it? Oh Jesus. First Corinthians. So don't be proud of your allegiance to any human leader. For actually, you already have everything. You already have everything. It has all been given to you <laughs> for your benefit. It has all been given to you. Say, I have, it. I have it. Yeah. It has all been given to you. You respond. Faith responds to the word of God. I have it. I have it. Ah. Actually, you have all things. So when you say all things are responding to me, you know what you are saying. You are saying that based on scripture, that all things have been given to me for my benefit. It is not the benefit of God. It is for your benefit. So God doesn't share this with you. He gave them to you. All things. Say all things. All things. 22. Now look at them. Whether it is Paul or Apollos or Peter the rock or whether it's the world life death things present things in the future everything belongs to you. So you must appropriate prayer. This thing that I'm asking for, is it part of the things in the world? If it is, it's yours. Is it part of the living? It's yours. Even death is yours. Are there things that are present? It is yours. Is it in the future? It is yours. Now, future does not mean unseen. If you are in school and you are in class one, in the future, you go to class three. I mean, you can see. So it's not every future thing that is unseen. But all unseen things are not future. You know why? Because there are angels here. They are unseen. But they are not in the future. They are here right now. So there are present things that can be unseen. There are future things that can be unseen. Have we settled this matter? Now I'm drawing the difference between the unseen and the future. So you understand. Otherwise, you'll be asking yourself, if it's in the future, then it's not something you can really lay hold on. Unless you use the medium of faith. Yes, you need to use the medium of faith to capture this scripture. Do you understand what I want to share? So, the future belongs to you. You already have it. And since you have it, it fails to be future. If your faith has a grip, the, guy, the thing is no future again. Yes, sir. 
it is future for men. It is not future for you. You have it. Can you see that? Yeah. God is saying everything belongs to you. Say it's mine. If I said they are mine. Say they are mine. They are mine. They are mine. Now, when you build your faith here, this is where you cannot step out there and begin to talk to things that are already yours. Unleash things that are already yours. You don't need God to do anything because he has already given. Why are you calling him when he has given? Your faith must grow in this era and area. Okay? Maybe I'll show you one more scripture. Look at health. First Peter 2.24. So we are looking at things that are already yours. That you don't need to beg God for it. For them, okay? Yes, sir. Who his own self, he himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. So, now, when you check the word healing in the Greek, it is actually physical healing. But this healing is for your body, your soul, and your spirit. I was shocked. I said, what? There are a lot of things we don't know like that. So, your soul can be hurt. And you can still say, by stripes, I were healed. And your soul is healed. It is not only your physical body. For your body, your soul, and your spirit. Healing for your body. Healing for your soul. I now understood why Paul said, I wish above all things that I may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So, when somebody breaks your heart and your soul, <laughs> even your mind, Satan throws things at your mind and it's affecting your soul, your emotions, your anxiety. Begin to say, by stripes, I am healed. Yes, you don't see physical wounds, but your soul is hurt, is wounded. The Bible says, our instant healing, our, look at it, our instant, instant, the thing is instant. We have added something to it. Our instant. So once I decree that, instantly I must be well. Instant. Flowed. Not flowing. It flowed from his wounding. Amazing. So this is health is also yours. For your soul, for your body, and for your spirit. Use it. Use it. Anytime you're not okay, you wake up and you feel sad. You wake up just saying that by stripes I were healed. I have instant healing right now. I have instant healing from his wounding. In the name of Jesus Christ. You wake up and things are not okay. You feel so down. You feel down. Hey, by stripes I am healed. By stripes I am healed. Don't wait for body. It is good for your body. It's good for your soul. It's good for your spirit. <laughs> you get to a point you are not. You are confused about things. By stripes I am healed. By stripes you are. You, you are confused. You are confused. By stripes I am healed. You need a, my mind is healed of confusion. You want to take a decision that you don't know what to do. Heal your mind. Heal it, heal it. Say, by stripes I am healed. The Bible says instant, instant healing will flow. In fact, in fact, not it will flow, it flowed. Instant healing flowed. Are you with me? Yes, sir. 
So these are the things that you don't beg God for. Now we are climbing. Now we are getting to the one that you have to beg God for. That one he has not given to you. They are for him. And for him to do it, your prayer must move him to go out of his way to do it for you. Which means it's not something he will, he will easily do. But he will do because you do it. So if you read Ephesians chapter 3, those of you that know it, that's why Paul said, I bow my knees unto the Father. Because he knows this one. Because the thing he was asking for them, he knows that one there is for God. God must go off his way to do it for you. I'll show you two scriptures. Okay, let me show you the one you know already. The prayer we've been praying, Ephesians 1. Let's look at the context. See, why Paul didn't say God has already given you this? Ephesians 1, 17. But from verse 3, he told you the one that has been given to you. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place according as he has chosen you before him in love. Then he began to go, all the things that he has given you. He has predestinated us unto the adoption of Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. He said, This he said, You have them, they are with you, they are your spirit. But when he got to 17, when he got to 17, TPT, Paul said, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would. He would. He would impart. So you don't have it. So he's praying to him so that he would do. <laughs> he would impart to you. Look, because the things he's asking for. He's asking for the riches. In fact, God's utmost riches. The riches of his spirit. Of wisdom. The riches of his spirit of revelation. These are only the prerogative of God. So Paul is asking the Lord to give it to the church of Ephesus. Through their deepening intimacy with him. Go on. Then he said again, I pray again that the light of God will it will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. So it's not for them. It's God's prerogative. So God is the one who does it. Are you listening? Yes, I'm sure when we started reading it, some of you were wondering, ah, why is this saying word? Will. You know, because then it's not for us. And that's why. These things you must ask him. Because these are his very riches that belong to him. What belongs to you, he has given you. When it came to all things, he gave it to you by his divine power. But when it came to his divine riches, God, you must ask him. And these are the kind of prayer God wants the New Testament people to pray every day. These are the prayers, the prayers that have been written. These are the prayers God wants you to be praying every day, every day, every day. If you don't have anything to say, take these scriptures and read them. I'll show you three of them. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Paul is this is not part of the gift that he said, I wish I would come to you to impart you that your eyes will be open. No. Paul doesn't have it. It is God that does it. It's for him. 
flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Look at it again. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to us, to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him in the place of highest honor and supreme authority. So when we are praying this year, don't pray it leisurely. It's not for you. Pray it as you are asking God, let this thing happen to me. Because it hasn't happened to you. Do you know why when you close your eyes, you see dark visions? Because you need the light to illuminate your vision. Otherwise, you can believe that you are a great man and you close your eyes and you never see the vision. Because <laughs> you need his light. Are you getting it? Yes, sir. Ephesians 3. Let me show you another one. Another prayer. After that one, the Paul was emphatic. Ephesians 3. Let's read from 9 to 21. TPT. My passion is to enlighten everyone to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God the creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. Hallelujah. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages. And I've taught this one. The eternal will. Go on to podcast and type the eternal will. You'll be amazed the things you hear. This perfectly wise plan, because when you become a born again, one of the things you need to know is the God's eternal will. See, the things you need to know is not the shoe you wear. wear. No, no, no. What you need to know is God's eternal plan. What is the plan? That God will have a son who will have sons and bring the sons unto him to marry his son in the eternal nuptial. Why we marry his son and live in glory? This is his eternal power. The Bible says this is what gives God pleasure. And everybody again has no. People don't know this. That's why we are not in a hurry to go to heaven. In fact, that's why we don't even acknowledge the Holy Ghost. Because we don't know his essence here. When you go on podcast, go and listen before you sleep. It's called the mystery of his will. The mystery. Listen to it. Listen. The, oh, I love that message. Eddie, the mystery of his will. That God will have a son who will have sons and bring the sons unto glory so the sons can look like him. Then the sons will become his bride and marry him. We are the new Jerusalem. Do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> we are the new Jerusalem. The Bible says, and Adam's similitude of men will be around when we go to heaven and they will worship, they will see the glorious things of God. You, you and Christ will reign. Okay, so let me show you. So Paul is making a statement. This perfectly wise plan was destined from the eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Christ. This eternal plan was fulfilled in Christ. So that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. We are kings not because of us. We are kings because of Christ's faithfulness. Then he said, my dear friends, I pray that you will remain strong. 
and not be discouraged or ashamed by all that I suffer on your behalf for it is for your glory. Wow. Then after he has said that, now Paul said, so, so, I kneel. This is the first time we saw Paul kneeling to ask the father. All through, we never saw Paul kneel because now he's come to ask something that is bigger than him. He's asking for something that is, that is great. Something that he knows that God could decide to do or not. So what did he do? He kneel. There are times you must kneel in prayer. You like standing too much. No, no, no. There must, there are, listen, there are certain things we pray for that your knees must go down. You are a son, but you must honor the king. So he said, so I knew humbly in all. I knew humbly, humbly in all before the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. Now look at the prayer. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of glory and favor. This is what he's asking. That God will unveil in you. <laughs> I didn't finish teaching you on the riches of his glory. I didn't finish. This is a big thing. The riches, the unlimited, unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength Floods your innermost being, your spirit, with divine might and explosive power. This is what Paul is asking for. Maybe you don't understand. But this is big. This is big. You know, this riches of his glory is God's prerogative. This is something that only belongs to God. Yeah. It belongs to him. Yours he has given you. He has given you the world. He has given you life. He has given you things that pertains to godliness. He has given you the future. He has given you present. He has given you everything. But when it came to the riches of his glory, the unlimited riches of his glory, Paul is still asking that one for the church of Ephesus. Paul says, hey, this thing, it, will, it might happen, it might not happen. God must go off his way to do this thing. So I bow my knees humbly in awe of the Father to request this thing. If God doesn't do it, it's okay. If he does it, hallelujah. So Paul will not be broken hearted if God doesn't do it. Because it is God's prerogative. He can decide. It's like the rain for Elijah. The first time when he said that it shall not rain, no, 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 no. no. That one, he just spoke. But when he now had to concentrate on the rain to come, it took him several hours of prayer because the rains belong to God. Rain does not belong to anyone. It belongs to God. God has never given rain. Things that belong to God, you need intense prayer. So you see the prayer we pray that God will enlighten the eyes of your understanding. You pray it leisurely. It might never happen. It might never happen. The Bible says that all things are yours. You must see it by faith. When the last time you closed your eyes and saw UK, and saw the countries, and saw the world, and saw the globe. To be able to do that, you need 
the illumination of your understanding the flattening of the eyes of your understanding the day you see the globe you start shouting the world is mine are you listening so this kind of prayer you must beg God for it do you understand it now so there are prayers you just claim name and claim there are some prayers you just take because of rights in Christ but there are some prayers you must go down on your knees to the father of glory and ask him so before he started that prayer he said the father of glory that's what he said he's the father of glory all glory is his so you don't just take name and claim and say father I take your glory he is everybody following okay go on we are going to 21 17 then by constantly using your faith after after it is done he said you must constantly use your faith the life of Christ will be released deep inside you so the father will release it but it takes faith to unleash it he said you need faith to release deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Go on. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. So there are experiences we have never experienced. Are you here? Yes, sir. Oh, you don't understand. There are two things. Is that I'm shouting, Keke? You see, now that's the point. Since you don't get it fully, that's where your meditation starts. Or else you never believe. So you go home, open that scripture, read it over. You can even go around and say it in your mouth. Say it. Say it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. As you keep, you realize your eyes will be going off. And the word will be jumping into you. By the time you realize, Charlie, it looks like something has entered. You believe something. That's when believing starts. Now, let me tell you something. Don't bring the word of God into the analytical realm of men. Don't ever do that. Don't ever hear the word of God and do... Mm. You know what you are just doing? You are bringing the word of God into the realm of men to reason out. If you don't understand, believe. Believe first of all. Do it. As you do it, you will understand. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Some of you, if you don't understand... Mm, you are bringing into a Greek science or cultural studies. Now, when you don't understand the word of God, behave like a child. No reason, no thought, nothing. Just take it. Take it. Take it. You, you don't reason the word. You don't. You believe. Once it enters your mental ascent, Nothing happens there. Let it enter your heart. Believe. So there are some of you read the scriptures. You want to understand the holy and the divine nature. We don't understand whether God with the mind. We understand with the heart. So when you don't understand the scripture, write it down. All right. 
So we are done with that one. So now I'll end it with this. Remember I told you that Thanksgiving is the seal of your faith, right? Don't forget, Thanksgiving is the seal of your faith. It ends the faith. It closes the docket. Thank you. Thank you. But I want to show you something and then we close. Two more, two more. I found something in Romans chapter 10 from verse 6 to 8. King James. You need to look at this so you can understand. I'm going to show you yesterday I told you about your belief and faith. Now, both belief and faith, they speak. One speaks inside and one speaks on the outside. One speaks what is spoken on the inside, on the outside. Okay? All right. Do you remember Romans chapter 10? The main emphasis about how to be saved. So the Bible says, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart. Say not in thy heart. So there's something that speaks in your heart. Nobody can hear. Say not in thy heart. Who shall ascend into the heaven? So he's just saying that somebody is saying it's in the heart. It's not the mind though. It's the heart. And what is the heart saying? That's kind of like unbelief. Who shall I ascend into the heaven and bring down Christ? That is to bring Christ from the above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. This is what somebody's heart is saying. Remember, that's where believing you start from. So our belief speaks. He has a voice. Okay? Yes, Alright. Go on to the next one. You'll be amazed. Then he said, but what saith it? What is the it? But what saith it? What is the it? Go to verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. So in verse 8. <laughs> but what saith it? What is the it? Faith. Faith says, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So what is happening? The voice of belief is expounded by the voice of faith. Oh, you will see it clearly. Nine. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, shall believe in thy heart, shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him. It means the voice of your heart is saying that God has raised Jesus from the dead. God has raised Jesus from the dead. That's what your heart is saying. Do you get it? He said, thou shalt be saved. Then in verse 10, he expounded it. He said, for with the heart, 
man believe so all the things that is happening in that heart place you know it was actually believe unto righteousness man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and we know it is faith that unleashes salvation so what the heart said is what the mouth proclaimed we have been the same spirit of faith as it is written we believed and we spoke we too believe therefore we speak now this is how we release everything that is inside of you this is how we release it he says we believe therefore we speak the voice of your believing as you keep God's word into your heart your heart speaks it believes so it speaks something that nobody can hear this is what faith begins to unleash what is already inside so you see what is inside of you will never flow out even though it's in your heart except you say that's why I told you that Abraham was righteous but he wasn't saved because Abraham believed in his heart but his mouth never said it so he had to wait for Jesus himself so that he could be saved okay this is powerful okay okay so the Bible says that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, he what? He bringeth forth what? Good things. So I told you, when you pray about a matter and you close the docket, when the problem shows again, you don't go back praying again. You unleash the word. You now unleash the word. You unleash the word. Now remember, Jesus had prayed 40 days, 40 nights before Satan came. When Satan came, everything he did was to tempt him. Jesus never did Bora What did Jesus do? It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. That's how it works. You are always praying when you are supposed to be declaring. You are always praying when you are supposed to release the word. Because maybe nobody has taught you. Now, the reason why you are praying again is because you didn't close the docket for the first time. So, that docket is still opened. That docket is still opened. That's why you are praying again. But if you close the docket, give yourself to prayer first of all. And close dockets. When you close docket against poverty, docket against this, docket against this, every burden that comes, you close the matter. Now when they show up again, you don't pray again. You use the word. He said the word is nigh thee and even in thy mouth. So the word is now in your mouth. You release it. You release it. That is how we release it. We believe therefore we speak. Now in saying that, let's go to Mark 11. Start from verse 12 to 14 and then you jump to 20 to 26. 
You ready? The next day, as he left Bethany, Jesus was feeling hungry. So there's a need. The man was hungry. Human being hunger. Okay. He noticed a leafy fig tree in a distance. So he walked over to see if there was any fruit on it. I know you know this story, but I'm going to show you something. But there was none. Only leaves. For it wasn't yet the season for bearing figs. Hold on. A lot of people use this one to argue. The Bible says now that it's not season. How can he curse it when the thing is not season? But you see, who we are, all things are ours. You don't act on your season when we need something. Even when you don't have and we want it, you must produce. And so you don't argue with men like this. Because, you know, where we are and the kind of people we are, that's not who they are. When anybody says this, I don't answer. Imagine an alien come from space and begin to tell you how things there act. You will never believe. You know, on the internet, they said you explain tire. You explain, you explain tire that I'm a son of a king. I am big. I, they don't get it. Are, are you listening? Yes, sir. Now, the reason why Jesus wanted to have food because he must. Now, he didn't do this for himself, he did this to show us. Was he not the one who gave water out of rock? Yes, yes, of course. Jesus could have just plucked a leaf. It would have turned to fruit. Yes, yes, but he did it to show us. The Bible says it was written for our example. So look at it. The Bible says it wasn't yet season for bearing figs. Go on. Jesus spoke. I told you. There are some prayers you must speak to things. Pray to things sometimes. Every day, oh father, oh father, it's light off. You know you have to do some homework or we have to have church. You know, unless you don't want it. You know, you pray and then pray to come. Yes, sir. The one sit there and do crack crack. Pray, he will cry again. We control things. I said we control things. I said we control things. He sits it down there. Okay, he said. As you pray, he doesn't know why he regrets and say, Oh, let me turn it on back. Because we are having church service. What are you talking about? Okay, so let's go on. He said, No one will eat fruit from you again. And the disciples overheard him. Now, go on to 20. In the morning, they passed by the fig tree and it was completely withered from the root. Hold on. Look at it. This is what you must also get. Jesus spoke to the tree. And they moved. Okay? Immediately, the tree didn't die. But after he had gone to Jerusalem and they were coming back, he didn't even think about it. It was Peter. Go to 21. Peter remembered and said to him, Teacher, look, that's the fig tree you cursed. It's now all shriveled up and dead. What I want to tell you is that when you make supernatural statements by faith, you don't need your eyes to give you confirmation. You need your heart. Faith is the evidence of things so far. You said, hey, let this happen. You don't wait for your eyes to tell you it is true. Or it is happening. 
for your heart is happened. Faith is the substance. That's the mistake a lot of us do. You are the same person who declared. Now you started seeing something different. And that thing you are seeing differently is the one telling you that the thing didn't work. You are coughing and we pray for you. And by faith, <laughs> and by faith, we know the thing is gone. You too, you know the thing is gone. If you still continue to cough, it does not mean you have the cough. It's gone. You cough, it's gone. So the choice lies between you. What do you see? And what do you believe? Do you believe what your faith sees? Or you believe what your ears are hearing? So Jesus didn't bother. Peter had to call him and say, Jesus, ah, that's the tree you cursed. Was Jesus not there? Why didn't he pay attention? Because for him, he's dead. And the thing happened, I think the following morning. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Okay, go on 22. And he said, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Let the faith of God be in you. I'm telling you tonight. Let the faith of God be in you. Some translation say, let the God kind of faith be in you. You will see. 23. Listen. That's why he said this. Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whosoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. So you say to the mountain, mountain, be moved into the sea. That's all. Every day you believe it will happen. Every day you believe. You believe, oh, it's happened. It's happened. Yeah, it's happened. But you see the mountain there. It's happened. It's happened. The word of God didn't promise you anything else but one statement it will be done it will be done it will be done you believed for a phone and you made the decree this is part of the phone is name and claim the bible says it will be done your problem is timing your problem is timing it is delaying it's delaying it's because you are wandering in the affairs of man your faith is not seeing the thing you prefer fast food. Yeah. No, but the thing is actually fast because you have it. Faith is fast food. You have it. You got it. Now, after Jesus saying this, the next one, he says what? This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it. And it will be yours. about this matter. Boldly believe. See, as you are praying, you just know it's done. You pray, you pray, you pray. You pray. He said, boldly believe for whatever. Guys, the word is whatever. Whatever. So you ask for a new phone. So you what? You say, I believe. I believe I have a new phone. 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 People can laugh at you. Hey, look at your phone. In your, don't worry. Believing doesn't speak louder. So in your heart, I believe I have a new phone. How it will happen, you'll be shocked. 
you will be shocked. You will be shocked. It's happened. Jesus, oh, Jesus said it will be yours. Jesus said it will not your pastor. Not your pastor. Jesus. Jesus said it will be yours. In the previous verse, he said it will be done. Believing. Believe. Say, I believe. I believe. So, what am I saying? This is faith in prayer. So, all the kinds of prayer, as you pray, believe that is done. That's why you are going to pray now. And as you are done praying, believe that it is done. In fact, as you are praying, you just know it is done. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.